The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 6th, 2017, season 13, episode number 69. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And this morning, we are talking about a big win. Cowboys make it three in a row. I picked the Chiefs. You did. Not even going to let Derek get into it. Okay. Dave picked the Chiefs, too. I also picked the Chiefs. And Amber? Did you? Yep. Both. You didn't pick both that week? Yep. <laughs> I'm looking at a tweet here. Derek picked Dallas to win. Okay. Have you ever picked yeah. another Derek, team Derek, to win, Derek? Derek always yes. picked yes. Dallas. I have picked another team to win, and I was actually going to pick the Chiefs until my man Zeke came back, and I told you guys when Zeke came back, they can beat anybody with Zeke. Like, Zeke played well yesterday, but let's not act like he, like, put the team on his back. And that's it is, why not, about, that's it is not about his number of yards. It is about the threat of having Ezekiel back there and makes a difference. Don't like, act like you're that naive, Dave. Well, you know, the the touchdown oh, to Cole Beasley, the, the first one, mm-hmm. that that's all Zeke. Right. That, that is that play action, read, you know, and then he just goes right over the middle. I mean, that is the luxury of having him on the team. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and there there's a couple of other runs. That, you know, it just how many times yesterday did it look like minus two, minus one, and then he just grinds out four, and it's second and six. It's a huge difference in, in what they can do on second and third down. So he, he, he is a huge difference maker. The number of times that Ezekiel Elliott just kind of disappears into a mound of bodies and then comes has, out the other side. Well, just and then it has five yards by the end of the carry. It's crazy. You're like, all right, he's hit at the lines, probably zero, one yard. Oh, he got five. Okay. Cool. And it's not like it's college football where these guys are like pushing from the back all the time. Yeah. I mean, they don't. We don't see that a lot out of this team. No. He's just be nice if they he's, did. He's just a tank. He ended up with twenty-seven carries for ninety-three yards, three point four average, and a touchdown. Not a great average, but like you said, he was getting those really tough yards. And and again, this was a defense that yesterday, in a lot of instances, was trying very hard not to let him get those yards. Um, and so I thought it did make a difference. And really, to be honest with you, I think this game yesterday was much more about the other two things, the passing game and, of course, the defense. Let's start first with the passing game. Dak Prescott goes 21-33 for 64% completion rate, uh, 249 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And I think this was probably the most important part of that. He had three carries for 27 yards yes. and a touchdown. The runs, once again, the runs are what – opens up everything yesterday Nick you and I in the game were talking about the fact they were running a lot of man and when you got teams running man against you then it opens up opportunities for the quarterback because everybody's got their back to the quarterback and and he took advantage of that in some key moments yesterday well everybody was a threat yesterday and that that was a big key I mean Terrence Williams you got to give him credit I mean he's been criticized as much as any player on this team seems like this year and even on this show but we've asked him to step up, and he did. Not only did he have nine catches, he had nine targets. I mean, you talk about a reliable player catching the football, extending the play, getting first downs, getting up the field. And then when it's time, you know what? When it was time to get out of bounds or stay in bounds, he did. He hasn't always made the right call on that one, but he did on at the end of the game. Hey, he just had a really, really nice game. Hopefully his ankle injury is not too bad. One of the best, like, two or three games of his Ever. career, probably. Yeah. Especially in the most meaningful game. I mean, he had a Detroit playoffs. Um, 
probably the Green Bay, the first Green Bay playoff game, too, for that matter. But, I mean, yeah, he was phenomenal. You look at some of the drives that they had yesterday. Check this out. Uh, they had a, On the four touchdown drives they had, it was seven plays for 71 yards. There was a seven plays for 82 yards. There was a 12 play for 58 yards. And then there was a 13 play for 87 yards. This offense yesterday was doing some things that, that really were, I think, reminiscent of what they did last year when they get on these runs where just offensively they were just turning it over. And it wasn't like they were getting a tons of really big yards. They had some big plays yesterday, but there were also some drives where they just methodically moved down the field, four yards here, five yards here, three yards here, seven yards here, and they would just move the ball. And the most important thing I thought to note uh, was that it was a lot of those those drives were – more passes than there were runs. Those first two drives I talked about, the 7 for 71, 7 for 82, they had six pass plays and one run play on both those two drives. Um, are, we, are we seeing what we're seeing right now? Are you guys convinced that this offense is now really back to what it was last year? Because I know it wasn't at the beginning of the season. Amber, what do you think? Um, I st- I mean, I'm still not 100% convinced because we just saw it in one game. I say they've been trying to get that to work, the passing game, and they have been trying. They just haven't been successful at it. And this was the one game where they finally were able to be successful. Example, Terrence Williams, when he made that first catch, in my head, I'm like, all right, well, here we go. There's his one play. I mean, he always has uh, one good play per game, and then that's basically it. But this game... He was able to get it going, uh, keep it going, and they were able to get Cole Beasley involved. Dez was able to start catching passes and have a better connection with Dak. So we finally saw them be successful at the passing game. And I would say it's a little too soon to jump ahead and say, oh, yeah, I'm feeling great about it. I still need to see a couple more games before that. Well, you know, they've scored 28 points um, in, I believe, it's five straight games right. now. Um, and so I, I think I think they are in a nice groove. Um, you know, it, it's going to be – this is a – if you want to pick your poison type of offense, it's going to be games where today is Terrence's day. And then Cole is the red zone guy. Jason Witten had one catch for five yards. But in Atlanta, they could be Jason Witten for seven or eight. So I, I, I think it's – you know that Zeke's going to be constant. You'd like to see Dez be constant. And then the other guys just kind of whenever it's their turn to step up, step up. Well, what's awesome is, and, and I mean, we are halfway through the season now, and Dez has yet to have that game. And he got hurt yesterday, so, and I'm not trying to dog him. But that's kind of what we talk about is, like, step up. You know who stepped up, and it doesn't, so it doesn't matter who steps up because of this. It's Dak. He's he's balling out and honestly uh you know i i hear what you're saying amber and you know san francisco uh they're they're a bad team so you can take whatever you want from that but this is three straight games where they've really been on a roll and yesterday was maybe the most encouraging because uh the like we just talked about like the running game wasn't that was not the way they want to run the football, which is hilarious because they ran it pretty well. 133 overall. yards. Yeah. It's still a good day. Right? But when you're coming off of 263 as a team against the 49ers and 190-whatever against the Redskins, like that's how they want to run the football. But Dak picked up the slack. I mean, third and 15 at the end of the first half, 21 yards to Dez. Third and four, we were talking about that last night, five yards to Witten on a play <laughs> that would have been a pick six if it hadn't been placed in just the right spot. Uh, another third and four on a scoring drive. Dak scrambles for five yards. Like he, 
is just I mean like I, I was talking about this earlier this morning on Twitter. Um and he's gonna start to get more love if he keeps this up, especially if Zeke is suspended. But like he's playing at an MVP level, in my opinion, just in terms of you know, he's not making mistakes, he's moving the ball, he's doing it with his feet, he's doing it with his arm, he's yeah. got what twenty total touchdowns with four turnovers. Uh and he's just he looks masterful with the way he's moving this offense. And I thought yesterday uh, he didn't complete them all, but his willingness and his confidence to fire the ball downfield yesterday was really impressive. I mean, he, you know, people want to give him all this crap for Dinkin and Duncan. He wasn't doing that yesterday. He was throwing, you know, 15, 18 yards downfield, firing in between cornerbacks, looking for gaps in the coverage. He, I thought he looked like a beast. He, he could have easily run the ball there at the in the right before halftime. Had a first down, could have gotten maybe 10, 15 more yards, got out of bounds. Terrence play? But he decided to just sling it to Terrence. And, you know, that was a huge play. I mean, because, I mean, it, it was a nice throw on the run. He gave him a chance. Terrence did a good job. You know, a lot of times with receivers crossing over the middle, it, it just bugs me when, when they're running. And that they want the ball in stride, of course, because they want to catch it and go. That's what they want to do. But sometimes the ball's not there. And and then they they won't stop running. They'll just try to catch it and still, and then they don't make the play. And he did a nice job of stopping, catching it, and then we'll see what happens. Because he because it, it was a little bit underthrown, but that's okay because you've given your guy a chance. I th- I saw somebody say this on Twitter yesterday. I apologize, I don't remember who it was, but Terrence is so. If there's one thing he really is phenomenally good at, it's like turning the short route into the long gain. Like he'll take the eight yard curl. And then he's just great at maneuvering around the tackler and turning that into a. Nick and I talked about that. That was DC Blue Forever twenty three. Was it? (laughs) I'm sorry, DC Blue. But you guys did mention in that in that in that series right there before the half. I thought the the really the moment of that, and Dave, you kind of mentioned it there, was at third and fifteen. Yeah, it made so much more sense just from a football perspective. You basically think about the scenario. It's a one minute thirty seconds left in the half. You're at your own thirteen. It's third and fifteen. Um, and you're facing a team that you think is pretty good offensively, right? In most situations, you would think that's a, you know, hand the ball off, get as many yards as you can, punt it, force them to take that last time out. That's the importance of running the ball right there. Um, And then they have to try to see what they can do there with maybe a minute 10 left and no timeouts. Cowboys, they didn't. They were aggressive on third and 15 at their own 13. They converted with a pass. Uh, oh, they converted with a – was it a penalty, that next play, that, that actually got the conversion, or was it the pass? It was, uh, no, it was a pass to Dez. Yeah, it was a 21-yard pass to Dez. Right, and that's how they convert, and then they keep it moving, and you get the 56-yarder. So, it, to me, I, I, you got to give credit to the offensive coordinator for making the call. It's pretty ballsy. I don't know if I would have made that call, but it was it – was, it, they, they made it work. You know, you yes. Know, Wait, go ahead. Go, no, I'm switching – I just, I'm 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 not I, I'm gonna pat myself on the back because I said that I, I thought they needed to be aggressive right there against this third and fifteen you were, you were going for it I was just Hard. that drive in general like that needed to be a drive where you tried to get points obviously we know in hindsight we know that the Chiefs never really got their offense going but I just thought you had to assume that they would but did you even if you, and I agree with you and when that series started I thought they need points here and specifically right. they need a touchdown but. For, did you did you at all change when you got to the third and fifteen? I don't like if you have a quarterback of Dax caliber. Maybe if it's third and thirty or something, but I don't. 
I don't believe in the give up play at the NFL level. Not if you have a quarterback like that. Like that's what you do in college when you don't trust your sophomore quarterback to get it, you know, to throw it downfield. But and they clearly trust him now. Obviously, should. putting him in that situation, you got to trust him. And that's our. That's my point. Is you know, okay, Bryce. Bryce had a drop because of the sun. Dez had a drop because of the sun. There were definitely. Dak had a bad misfire to James Hanna early in the game on just one of those little actions, and he came right back, though, and just darted it right downfield to Dez. I think it was the very next play. Um, they, he didn't complete them all. That's not what I'm trying to say, but he was just firing the ball downfield yesterday with a, a confidence and their willingness to do that that really impressed me. Here's what's interesting on that play. Let's say that third and 15, they decide to run, call timeout. They have nice punt by Chris Jones. With no timeouts, the Chiefs don't really get anything. Maybe Cowboys get a sack, half ends. At 7-3, to three, a four-point lead, you'd be feeling pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. They had a four-point lead, and they weren't feeling good about it. Nobody was feeling good about it. It's just kind of funny how one minute of play can change everything. In, even if the score Even if the score is the same. 7-3, you'd have been like, wow, this defense is playing outstanding. The offense needs to pick it up a little bit, but who would have thought this? Instead, it was 14 to 10, and I'm sure we'll segue into that. And it was like, did. well, it's over. It, I mean, oh, my God, it's over. Yeah, that play there before the half, uh, and I've, 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 as a Texas fan, experienced that earlier this season, happened in the, the USC game. But it, it, it almost makes you wonder, like, what's the right answer there? Because you do want to have your guys back in case you think they're going to throw a Hail Mary because they were they hadn't – I mean, it was obviously where they were on the field, a Hail, Hail, Hail Mary. Mary. Huh? Hill Mary, Mary. yeah. That was possible where they were on the field. So conventional wisdom says, yes, get your guys back and make sure you you protect against that. I told you in the press box, I believe it was either you or the to the other side, but I was like, don't leave the middle this wide. No, I remember just saying it. Ridiculous. Because you put two guys there right in the middle. You don't need seven in the back. Just put five in the back, two in the middle. If they do that dump off play, those two blockers are just gonna hit those two guys. I, I would put Sean Lee. Because wasn't he back? I think he was back. And there Hitchens, back John Lee back. wasn't on the. He wasn't on the field. Hitchens was. So it was back. all. It was all hands. Give me, guys back give me, and Hitchens. Give me Wilson and Hitchens or somebody right in the middle of the field when they do that play. Kelsey and the other tight end are just going to blast them. Now it's Hill against five guys. Right. Think I'll take my chances. You never know. You're talking about a world class athlete, though. Yeah. I mean, that just was a horrible coaching job. And I don't like to blame the coaches all the time, but that alignment was ridiculous. Now make the play. I get it, Scandrick. I'd like for you to touch the guy. I'm not asking you to run, you know, That's, tackle him. I every touch him. Everything you're saying is right, and they could have aligned it better. But like, everybody just kind of broke down. Like everybody was afraid of. Like, it, it just. You're right. but, that, that, but that's what speed does to play. you, though, right? Put a hat on the ball. That's what speed does to you when you got a guy that's that fast. Yeah. Everybody kind of freezes because you're like, if I run him too, if I go at him too fast, and he takes off. I don't have a chance to recover, and he's going to run right by me. All that was was a stat-grabbing play. We're just going to dump the ball off to Tyreek Hill. He's going to get some stats. My quarterback's going to get some stats, and maybe they'll face mask us, and we'll get a field goal out of this. I don't think they thought like that. I think they thought this guy – I think they look at it like this. You give give them a chance, but there's no way they thought we're going to score. Well, But here's why. Here's why I think they thought they would score is because when you think about it, basically you got a guy that's extremely fast, who's really good in the open field, already knows how to return punts really well. You give him a punt return situation now with about 30 or 40 yards to get a touchdown, right? Don't you like that kind of matchup? Because basically he's had what two, Better three guys. Than in, it, yeah. you, got, you got two or three guys in front of him. You've got on that side of the field two or three, four maybe guys. 
So all you need is his speed to be able to find a crease and get through it to get to a touchdown, and that's, that's exactly what happened. So it actually is, a, I think, a very brilliantly designed play when teams are thinking, hey, let's just get everybody back. It actually creates a great scenario for them with the kind of personnel that they have. That's why they should never just get everybody back. That's right. why it's a horrible alignment for the defense. There's no reason to be everybody back. I mean, it's 53 yards across. If you put five guys, there are 10-yard splits. That's plenty of space and time. Put a couple of guys right up there. Or just, I mean, no, I, I just put two guys in the middle of the field. That I just thought Marinelli and them, they just butchered that one. And that, that may also be a situation of a player. Like, I don't know that there are problems. There may be two or three guys in the league that would have gotten a touchdown sure. on that That's play. Literally, you could you could run that every if you ran that with every team in the league, like they're one of a couple that has that type of playmaker. Right. And I, I know and this, they have one, obviously. This sounds silly for us because every game we've ever seen in our life is from up high from the TV. But when you have a dynamic player like that, two tight ends, I guarantee you not everybody sees him at first. That's what one of the reasons why Emmett was so good. Because linebackers would say, We didn't see Emmett for about a half second, and then all of a sudden there he is because he's little. And then you got these blockers, and you're down there, and then all the next thing you know, he's here. And when he, and he's fast, of course, I mean, blazing yeah. fast. So it, it, it worked out perfectly for the Chiefs. But I do think if they do that ten times, I mean, I, I don't think the Cowboys. I, I don't think it's a touchdown. I mean, maybe the one. That's the one time. It's so. wild that I mean. Well, really, it's funny how the story is. Like that's the difference between. This was a nice win against one of the NFL's better teams. It could have been a domination of one of the NFL's better right, teams. Right. I mean, and I still kind of put it in that category because I think of that play as I don't take plays away, yeah. but I do say that that play is not as reflective of how this game really was played. Like they, that was one of those fluke plays where yes, you give them the points and it was a great design and they they scored with it. But when I look at this defense, I don't really put the defense down too much, if that all makes oh, sense. No, it does It does make sense, but you can't take it away. Right, absolutely. And I mean, but, yeah, it's on the scoreboard. But, but you look at it and say two catches for 56 yards or two, uh, 64 yards oh, yeah, for yeah. Hill. He I had – He. I mean, I don't – call me a, a homer if you want to. Like, I, he did not have an impact on this game. I know, no. that, I know that sounds stupid. Nor did Kareem Hunt. He scored a 56-yard touchdown. I get how silly that sounds, but – he had one catch for eight yards uh, in in the real scheme of Kansas City's offense when you're not when it's not a gimmick at the end of the half. And and let's actually let's take our break when we come back. I'll let you get to that, but we got to talk about the reason why that happened, the reason why Kareem Hunt was held to what he was. This defense played outstanding. That's now three weeks in a row when they've played really really good football. Are we starting to see maybe the turning of this thing a little bit to where you can start relying on this defense to at least hold its side of the of the coin on this thing? So we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offer. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni and 
cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.comslash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it's the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star we're talking about the cowboys big win versus the kansas city chiefs they moved to 28 and 17 and uh, we've been talking about uh, the offense quite a bit and what they were able to do yesterday it was a really good game for them but we really do have to talk about this defense um, to be able to hold uh, the kansas city chiefs to 17 points which is the second lowest output for them all season uh, they only scored 13 against Pittsburgh. To be able to hold Kareem Hunt to 37 yards, rushing yards, it was the second lowest day of rushing that he's had this season. Again, 23 to Pittsburgh was the most or the least. Um, to allow only 4 of 11 on third downs, which is 36%, um, and 0 of 1 on fourth downs. I mean, this defense played against an offense that is considered, if not the best, one of the best in the league. I thought it was it was their best uh, performance, I think, of the season. What do you think about the defense? Tell me about, about what your thoughts were there. It's not even close. And I think I'll go ahead and speak for all three of us. I think that's okay that anybody that picked the Chiefs to win this game did it because of the, the defense. Yeah, that cool. Awesome. You always pick yeah. the Cowboys. It's fine. No, I mean, um, I did not expect them to stop them. No, no. no nobody did. No, I, you can go back and find the tape. I thought the Dallas offense would be just fine. I thought they'd score between 27 and 30 points. They'd look exactly like they always do. I didn't I didn't see that coming from the defense. And no, I don't think anyone did. No, and yeah. if, if you say you did, you're a liar. Yeah, um, absolutely not. Which and, and it's amazing because, OK, you can go back to San Francisco. They're not a very good team. You can go back to Washington. They played that game in a monsoon. This was indoors against one of the most explosive off uh, explosive offenses in the league, and they dominated them. Yep. I mean, they really did. Alex Smith, 263, 56 of which came on that Hail Mary, so about 200 passing yards. Uh, Travis Kelsey did all right. I mean, he, he had a pretty good And day. a lot of that happened in, in some of the junk time there at the end when they were just kind of trying to drive the I mean, field. But, I mean, he, he – For Kelsey. He, but he beat up on Byron Jones a little bit. That's fine. But, I mean, you know, Kareem Hunt non-factor in this game really I mean Sean Lee was everywhere sniffed out a screen that might have been a 60 70 yard type of play uh it seemed like every time Tyreek Hill 
They tried to get Tyreek Hill involved as a runner. He carried the ball four times, which is a lot for a wide receiver, and averaged 2.3 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Pass rush. I mean, they got two sacks, but even more than that, from the very first series, Alex Smith was on the run or moving around in the pocket, it seemed like, every single play. And the key thing, they didn't let him get outside the pocket too much. Because that's another thing he can do is he can beat you with his legs, and they didn't really allow him to do that too much yesterday. I mean, Sean Lee, though, when when you think about what he does for this team, I know he was on the field in Denver. Nobody played well in that game. He didn't play well. But, you know, I'd like to think if you had him for those two losses against the Packers and the Rams, it might have been different. I mean, it just might have been a different story. He's that much of a difference maker, and, and we're really seeing it. I mean, they had him for 12 tackles. I bet you the Cowboys coaching staff gets him for about 16. I mean, he, he seemed like he was in every play yesterday. You know, I was very concerned at the beginning because the defense started off really good. And I'm like, okay, well, they're starting off like that. I hope they're able to keep it going and not get tired and just kind of let the game go by and let the Chiefs start scoring points. But it was really, really great to see that they were able to balance everything out and keep it going. Again, very promising to see how they played. But, yes, there are areas that need to be improved. Example, they're tackling. uh, And that's one of the things I kept seeing on Twitter, everyone talking about the way they're tackling and how they need to improve that. And we saw that. Thank God it it worked out to their advantage that they were able to stop them and stop them from scoring so many points aside from that big mess up before halftime. I thought Anthony Brown played a really nice game. I mean, he was challenged a lot. that They had Tyreek Hill on him. Um, and that's one thing about Brown is that he's a very fast player himself. He's not, you know, Tyree Kill fast, but he, he definitely can run. And um, I thought he did a nice job yesterday. And, and they, they, they tried a little bit, but it wasn't there. And Jordan Lewis, Skandrick, those guys, all of them, really, I mean, they were tested. They did a good job. Now, thought, the, sa- now the safety. Yeah. I mean, that was a horrible 30 minutes for one player, <laughs> 30 minutes and 14 of it is and, in the locker room. And I don't think he played. I don't know what happened. Honestly, I don't think he played overall a horrible game. Talking about Byron Jones. We're talking about Byron Jones. I don't think okay. he played. And you guys may differ. I don't think no? he played a horrible game. I think you're right. There was that that moment, like the, the penalty, penalty on all the way through till the, the touchdown in the, in the third the quarter. Like the, that whole per- period. Was kind of had, his moments. I had of, five plays in, in thirty minutes. Yeah. Five plays, five moments. I mean, he's because he has a stupid penalty throwing the guy out of bounds. That's dumb. That 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 changed it from them kneeling the ball down to saying, well, "Let's try for something here." Then he was a part of that and they didn't make a play. Yeah. And then he takes his helmet off because he's mad about something. Penalty. That's another penalty. So then they kick off from the twenty, and then they, they're in a perfect field position to start. He gets a. Stiff arm to the face and goes for a little ride like on Six Flags for 15 yards with Kareem Hunt. (laughs) Then he gives up a touchdown to Kelsey. And seriously, I counted. It was 32 minutes of real life time, and 13 minutes of it is in the locker room. So So tough. Really bad stretch there for him. It was a bad sequence for 31 right there. But he kind of turned it around a little bit. I mean, Heath, I wouldn't try to say Byron had a great game. But, I mean, 17 total points, 10, 10 real right. points, 10 right. points from your actual offense against. And I remember go back to Wednesday of last week. We were just like one, one, one. The Chiefs are ranked one, yeah. two, or three in oh, every yeah. category. I mean, 
explosive play. So, unbelievable. And a lot when of the day just, they had him with Kelsey. I mean, that's the part yeah. that you have to remember is he had Kelsey a lot yesterday, and I thought that was he did a good job. I think going into the game they were they had thirty seven plays, of seven, seven catches for seventy three yards and a touchdown. I hear what you're saying, but you got to watch Kelsey every week and to appreciate well, the fact that. That still to hold him to seven and seventy. I mean, and seven what catches about that for seventy-three last yards. Couple? Yeah, it was like two or three catches just on the last drive. It's, it's the same. It's the same thing I say all the time. Is you know, this isn't again. This isn't college where you're just going to completely dominate right. somebody. Like you're going to give up chunk plays in the NFL. These guys are too good not to do that. And so if Travis Kelsey had that stat line, but Tyreek Hill had. 60 total yards, one of which was a chunk play, and Kareem Hunt had one of his worst games as a pro. Like, that's a win. And it's, exactly. you know, that's okay if Travis Kelsey had a good day if nobody else did. That's the way the NFL works. Yep. So I guess I guess that being said, you know, the Chiefs have had several, I think they had 37 plays of 20 yards or more. Um, so the play at the end of the half was one. And I, I think I, I don't have my stats in front of me, but they had, they had two more? Three total. Yeah, two more of 22 yards. So – you have to say that your safeties are doing something right if they're not giving up the big plays because mm-hmm. it's their job to make sure that everything's in front of them. So as bad as it was there for that stretch for Byron Jones, they obviously did, did their job, kept things in front. Of course, Jeff Heath, you know, I don't know how if he had a great game in all the way around, but I know he had a great play, great play on the ball. He almost had two. I talked to him about that last night too. In the third quarter, he read – he read Alex Smith's eyes beautifully. It was a throw to DeAnthony Thomas, and he jumped it just like he did on the interception. And he was in position to get it, and lit like DeAnthony Thomas just like undercut him. And it was a lot like the Witten catch. He just stole it from him, basically. And he told me, he was like, I thought it was either incomplete or an interception. I'm still. Oh, and then the guy got up and yeah. went like 60 yards. I mean, he but was, he was down. down, but yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was bang, bang, yeah, like yeah. super close to being another pick. So I, I thought Man. Jeff Heath played just fine, to yeah. be totally honest. Anthony Thomas, I just thought about that. Man, if the Chiefs have like a – if every team had like their own relay team, I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah, they'd probably <laughs> – Anthony <laughs> Thomas, I don't know who else other than those two, but that's Although, enough. Yeah. A good sign for all of you, uh, you know, the youth movement fans out there, of which I know there are a lot. Xavier Woods mm-hmm. got a lot of playing time at safety last night, and I got to assume one of these days Cheeto is going to return to practice. So the secondary yeah. it's May a new day. That first series, along. he had a really nice play there. They were they were going to, at Kelsey third down, um, and and basically Byron Jones was manned up against him. Xavier Woods comes up and gets the pass defense. Uh, so he, he, from the very beginning, he made a play there to, that that kind of set the tone for the oh day against these guys. You watching, watching that play? That play. <laughs> I, ju- I just now got your new day reference, Kent. That was delayed. need to use that more. The delayed reaction on my. Need to use that more oh, on social too. I agree. All those guys just yeah. You guys can't see it. It's but an uh, yeah. They're, they're watching the Tyree the kill play. It's an ugly. It's an ugly play. But you know what? It's if that if that's the big. <laughs> I mean, if that's the biggest gain of their day, if that's the highlight right. of their day, I mean, that's pretty. He's impressive. a good football player. Absolutely. I, I, like I said, I mean, you can come up with excuses for why these guys, the defense played well in the last two wins, but in indoor track, closed roof, like perfect conditions against one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. I thought they had a hell of a hear what Jerry Jones was doing on that. He's eating a hot dog. Yeah, he left early to get a hot oh, really? dog because he was like, there's no way they'll score with two. Yeah, seconds you left. scored and you got the touchdown. So you're like, let me go grab a. But see, here's my thing is like, okay, me as the lowly reporter, I need to make strategic moves like that. Like I need to leave early to get my hot dog so I don't have to wait in line. 
Jerry Jones owns the building. Like, <laughs> I would do that on purpose. I would walk down in the middle of halftime and cut the line and be like, yeah, do something about it. Like, I'm but, the owner. I'm going to jump on, in front uh, of the hot dog line. Hold on. You're actually, act, you're acting like, like there's a line. The, line. The, the hot dogs <laughs> You don't are think right there's behind. a line? No, there's right behind. Rosie! No. The hot dogs are, are in, probably in the suite. Yes. Well, no, they're in, they're in the suite, but not in his little viewing stand, I would guess. You don't? Thing. I, I bet know, he went down. There. I bet he went downstairs. I bet he did. I, I would. I would I'll guess he's probably no got some food there. Little, little, or he could actually tray. make a request, and I'm sure it would come to him very quickly. Just like they do for you guys, Dave. They bring the tray of hot dogs at halftime for you guys, like a little buffet. They got that for Jerry, probably. Don't see that. That's sweet. I, I'm not familiar with a tray being brought around. I must be missing something. No, not brought around. Like, or you guys get served pregame. That's they what I'm saying. Time no, food there, but yeah. that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Like, there's a line though because there's a long line because people sports writers are not uh, the healthiest types. <laughs> they love eating bad food, yeah, myself included. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the one thing yesterday. In my opinion, hold on, real quick, because I can I segue something sure, really, really quick here. Anytime. Talked about running. Yeah. Talked about speed and track. Okay. Can I just talk about a half marathon for a second? We were going to get to that in the third segment. Jeez, can Bye. you just let me run this show, man? Seriously. See you later. Guys, kill me. All right. <laughs> let's talk about. Sorry, Dad. Let's talk about the one thing that did not go well for the Cowboys yesterday. There were a lot of notable players that by the end of that game were on the sideline injured. True. Um, and I don't know that we know a lot, but we do need to at least talk about it. Des Bryant, Tyron Smith, Terrence Williams all left the game. Talk to me about what you know at this point and what you'll be watching this week with regards to their injuries. Well, Wednesday, they'll be did, did not practice. Well, we know that for Tyron for sure, right? Hey, Des actually, Des, Des has an ankle, which he says he's hopeful. You know, yes, too. Well, yeah, but yeah. Did he go to the MR? Did he get an MRI? Not that I'm aware of. He he said it's not serious. He said he's okay. No, I all right. I'm catching jokes slow today. I went to bed late. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. We'll think, talk about that in the third segment. I don't think he needed an MRI. Okay. Uh, Terrence also. I think I heard it was the same ankle he hurt in like week one, right? Yeah. Um, was he okay? I don't. He did talk in the locker room afterwards. I, I, it's gonna be one of those things. Like he's gonna be on the practice report. I'm not particularly concerned that it's like a missing game time type okay. of deal. I, I would think with Dez, I, I would think Dez has a chance to maybe miss the game. So I mean, we'll we'll see what what he said. But I don't mean this in a bad way. But you can't you can't always trust a player. Oh, Especially yeah. after a game, you you can't. When I mean, I, I'll always remember Felix Jones, 2008 rookie year. He said he hurt his hip or thigh, and he was like, "I'll be I'll be fine next week." He didn't play again the rest of the season. Missed ten games. So it just happens. I mean. They they think one way, especially after a game. They got adrenaline pumping, and they're, they're Which, fine. That's where I was going to go with Tyron. Jerry said, I, I visited with Tyron. He says he's fine. And then I talked to Tyron, and he was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, but it's a groin, right? And I was like, well, you're not going to practice Wednesday anyway. So, But, I mean, groin to me... I don't know if you hurt your groin. I don't know of a lot of people that are playing by you know a week and later. Ba- on well, it, dep- it depends. It also depends on how severely obviously it's hurt, right? But obviously, it just groin is a scary injury because it's not typically the thing, the type of thing you can bounce back from in a week. Now, if there's one guy that you would probably not bet against, it's Tyron because he's an Iron Man. He'll you know he plays through a bad back situation where he doesn't practice whatever. So it's it's something to keep an eye on. It's troubling, but. Like I said, if there's one guy that I'm not going to rule out, it's probably him. But that that would be troubling for sure. Yeah. So these all three and of those guys. Go ahead. That's that's probably. I mean, 
Jonathan Cooper's playing great, don't get me wrong, but that's all the more reason to keep Chaz Green on the shelf because with him having not played in a month, he's healthy to play left tackle right now. And that's what I think you start wondering about, and it, at least it's what I was thinking about last night. You got these three guys who are um, at least um, in moments intricate parts of what you do, some more than others, but you know, you know my point. And then you got this whole thing kind of still hanging over Ezekiel Elliott, and you've got games here coming up that I think are extremely important like this this Atlanta game outside of division games this Atlanta game and the Seattle game at the end of the season are very very important because those are about tie breaks if you're working around the wild if you're a wild card contender and and so these games are extremely important and now you're going into this week heading into game where you have to go to Atlanta and and these guys are hurt and the stuff with Ezekiel it just it, there's a lot going on now, and they got to figure this stuff out, and you hope that you got all hands on deck, but you just don't know. I mean, you know, it's Victory Monday, and they just played great against one of the best teams in the NFL. I get all that, but you look at it, and you're like, well, by the end of the week, they might not have Zeke. They might not have Dez. They might not have Tyron. Right. Uh, I know Dak's playing like a monster, but, I mean, that's that's a lot of key Huge. components it missing is. heading into a road game against, and I know the Falcons have been bad the last month, but they're still one of the NFC's more talented. Yeah. Still got a ton of talent. Yeah, that drop that you saw, Julio Jones. That ain't gonna happen. He, he, no, he ain't doing that. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll get into some questions from you guys. Give us a call. Numbers two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. Again, it's two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having thanksgiving without the cowboys basically we wouldn't recommend it so next time you have a tailgate home gate or whatever else kind of gate grab some ice cold dr pepper for you and your friends to enjoy it's a dallas cowboys tradition dr pepper the one you crave it can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters you search how to build savings you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller that's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Adjust your cleats, adjust your pads, adjust your helmet. Just don't adjust your underwear. Amber said the other day it is not an attractive look to do that. So do not adjust yourself. Now, 
The Cowboys did a nice job of adjusting things in the third and fourth quarter. You can do all that. Just don't adjust anything down below the waist. Tommy John, you don't have to do that because they have the best underwear in the world. No adjustment needed. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate that. Let's get back into it. We're going to get some questions here. 214-872-2102 is the number. Uh, there was also a moment yesterday before the game began that I thought was probably as cool as any moment during the game as well. Uh, Tony Romo came back to the, the stadium. Uh, he was back there in a working capacity for the first time this year, uh, working for CBS, covering the game, calling the game. Um, and before the game, our very own Kent Garrison put together this really cool video. Um, and there was actually a part and in the Corey end zone. Miller. And Corey Miller. And Corey Miller. Okay, uh-huh. I'm going to give Corey his due too. Um, and, and there was actually mostly. part in the – Mostly Kent. But then there was also this area in the end zone where the, the Cowboys had welcome back nine, and it was just kind of an ode, you know, a tip of the cap to Tony Romo who had, you know, welcome meant so home. much. Welcome home. Is that what I said? Did I say something different? You said back. I'm sorry. Welcome home. Um, and, and so – and so, so it was a pretty cool moment. Uh, Tony was obviously there, and it looked like he was kind of moved by the whole thing. But we're going to show you guys the video. Dave, can, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Kent, can you go ahead and cue that up? Fans, please turn your attention to the video board for a special tribute. From eastern Illinois to north Texas is a long way. It was an unlikely journey that gave us a kid, a number that would become synonymous with America's team. Nine. And what followed was a journey that we all got to be a part of. Tony likened football to a meritocracy. You have to earn everything. And every day we watched an undrafted quarterback earn the right to lead the Dallas Cowboys for 11 years. Romo runs it down at the 25 and kicks it. Picks it up and runs left. At the 20, Romo trying to pull McNabb. Gets away from one man. Left to the 40, to the 50, first down! Tony played for the ecstasy of winning and competing. No matter the score, with nine under center, you always knew there was a chance. And 24 times he proved that in the fourth quarter. In the end zone, it's caught! Jason Witt! You me? I love you, bro. You're the best. He had one goal, win. And 80 times, he did just that. You see, football is a team sport. Tony Romo believed that to his core. Passion, persistence, and the love of a game are all things that he embodied. Let's be the team we're supposed to be right here. Let's go win the game in this drive. Tony Romo taught us all what it meant to love a game. The greatest game on earth. For that, we say, thank you, Nine. And that was just the uh, video from uh, the, yesterday's game. Kent Garrison and uh, Corey Miller put it together. It was a video um, about Tony Romo just to kind of welcome him back. And it just, uh, just I thought it was a nice feeling thing just to say we appreciate what you've done for this franchise and for this team. He seemed moved by. What do you guys think? 
Well, uh, I, I didn't watch it till last night, like about one. Hard to see from where we are. Yeah, here from where but we I are. and I went back and watched the broadcast uh, uh, for the most part and and listened to uh, Tony and and yeah, what he said was really he was moved by it. You know, he's prepared for everything, and that was the one thing that kind of caught him off guard a little bit. So that it was good. I thought he handled it well. Uh, I thought the crowd gave him a nice ovation. So a lot of them, you know, there were some Chiefs fans there. <laughs> and they and they were cheering a few. as well. Um, so overall, it was it was good. It was a nice gesture by the Cowboys. It was a nice job of getting that done. Uh, Kent and Corey. I'm gonna say Kent though because I know that <laughs> Kent, I, I saw that Kent working on it a lot. So um, I, I thought it was really great. It was nice nice to have him back and them to do that. I never think about the obvious thing in situations like that because I'm just a jerk. And like the main thing I could think about, which great video, Ken, awesome job. You know how amazing I think you are. Um, but you know, they inlaid Romo on the video on the Jumbotron so you could see his reaction. And I was like, man, that seems like it'd feel awkward as hell. Oh, if, like, no doubt. 90,000 people can just watch your, and it's not like five seconds. I mean, he was up there for the whole length of the video, just kind of like, Hey, am I still on camera? Like, hey, all right, everybody's looking at me. I don't really feel down with this. Like, I thought he looked uncomfortable, and I would too, for that matter. I'd be like, this yeah. is awkward. But you don't forget, he is a part-time golfer, and when you're a golfer, you have to master that look where you kind of put your lips together like a bitter beer face, and kind of like, Thanks. yeah, he, <laughs> yep, and he, he is the master. Yeah, and so it's and like, he oh, did that, nice he had, par. I, he did it for ni- for ninety seconds. He had to do it like eighteen times over the span <laughs> of that video. But I mean, it was, yeah. it was a nice gesture. I told you it wouldn't come back to bite him that they put that in. the Well, end. my my only concern, and and I, I'm taking you guys now a little bit behind the, the the curtains. My only concern last week when I first heard about wait, all this, there's curtains not in uh. the stadium. <laughs> when I when I first heard about this last week, my my only concern was okay. So not that this is likely to happen, but what happens if? You do all this, and you say, welcome home, Tony, and you're great, and we love you. And then Dak goes out and throws an interception. And then Dak kind of is trying to catch up with the Chiefs all day and just can't quite do it. And That's you know, why does we that... did it where, before, right after the anthem. Right, I get it, yeah. I get it. And I was just a little bit concerned, like, man, could this backfire? I, I don't think it will, but could this backfire? And Dave, I was telling you before the game, like, it's not that the media would have been like trying to roast Dak. Dak's done enough, I think, so far to where people give him the benefit of the doubt he's a good quarterback. But it's just the the side comments and the little jokes. They think they're jokes that are just kind of like sometimes I think can be a little bit unfair. And I I was just a little bit concerned about But what that. did I say? I don't remember. I don't listen. I said Dak's gonna ball. I'm like yes, you worry did say about that. it. You did say that. And he did. He balled, and so all's good and everybody felt great about Romo coming back and tipping his cap and and Dak going out and ball. And I'll say this: I listen, I've listened to a lot of, of of Tony's calls this year. I, I'm, it will make me watch Jets versus Bills on Thursday night with yeah. bad color rush uniforms because I like listening to Tony, and I think he's really good. I think this was one of the least entertaining time, games he he's really done. yes. And I believe and I know this: that everyone was concerned about him calling out plays beforehand, and he didn't do it. He really didn't. Not not when the Cowboys had the ball. Maybe a little bit with the Chiefs, but for the most part, he he was told not to do that, and so they, it probably limited him a little bit because he, he couldn't be himself. Yeah. No, but he had some really great things to say. I mean, he talked a lot about um, 
he said Terrence Williams is, in his mind, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. And he did say that last year. He wasn't just saying right. it then. He said that about Sean Lee, too. He did. Yeah. Did you guys hear what he said about Deion Sanders and what Deion Sanders said back? Yeah. No, not what Deion said Ooh. back. What did he huh? say? Oh, God. He, Marcus oh. Peters did not make a tackle, and he said he he, he makes Deion Sanders look good at tackling. That's like a, I don't know, that's like a playful jab at like a three right. out of ten. And, and, and Deion, Deion just went 100. It, well, like, Deion has said many times in his life, he's like, yeah, they don't pay me to tackle, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's. He took offense. What did he say? Deion said. Oh my God! What didn't he say? He, said, he was like, he was like, I I want to take the high road, but I don't know where. I don't know how to find it. So he was basically he just like after that. He was like, I've got a gold jacket. You're two and four in the playoffs. You threw this many picks. You did this. You did You've that. Never won the never big won game. The like big he game. was just like, like he, he went just, down everything yeah. that that's and he's like, always hated Tony. He's always well. He was like, and he even said he was like, I don't know why we keep getting into this stuff, but he said I thought we had let it go. I thought we were all cool and. And then he just unleashed. Yeah, so you could tell it touched a nerve. Like, oh I said, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, fu- like, I mean, a little bit. It was a dig, but a playful dig that is like based in some fact. And right. and one, I mean, the digs Dion took are based in fact too. But like, it, I was just like, damn, dude, like you have to go that. He turned it from three to about fifty-five. Like, <laughs> my god. Yeah, he, he, st- took- he started <laughs> off with a compliment, though. He was like. If I saw him at CBS, I would shake his hand and say, "You're doing a great job, man." And uh, then he I don't came out with the knife and started stabbing. I don't think <laughs> their next interaction will not be. Uh, I don't be awkward. So. I would guess. I don't think so. All right, let's uh, let's get to some questions. We got a call from Horace in Atlanta. Horace, what up? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? You know, one thing I love hearing, uh, Amber, you just keep it real. Y'all need to have a segment for Amber. Just call and say, "Keeping it real," because she keeps it real. You know, every little every little thing she comes out says she keeps it real. So I love that. Thank you. You know, yeah, I was I was really uh, impressed with the Cowboys win. I thought that they played a phenomenal game. You know, despite that one play, um, which really just drove me crazy. But I think this was one of the first complete games, and they're going to need to do that when they come here to Atlanta because that offense that Atlanta has. I mean, Matt Ryan will give you a gift. He will, he will give you one, so expect that, and they need to take it. But we're going to have to capitalize. We're going to have to tackle, and I look forward to that. And I think that we can make a run, but I'm looking at Dak as being the catalyst. He is what people are just – this man is balling out of control. And I like – I don't know if you all spoke on that earlier, but this guy, I know, Nick, you mentioned it right there after the game. Dak is playing. Like a man, he is playing very well, yeah. and his running and his ability to, to 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 get out the pocket and find people, they got to do that more. And I like to see that more often. I like to hear what you guys think about that. You know what? Right, thanks, thanks, horse. You know what? The great ones guess right a lot. And I'll say this: Troy Polamalu, for one for one stretch, was one of the best safeties in the NFL, one of the best players in the NFL. It always seemed like when it was time to be at the quarterback, he was at the quarterback. When it was time to be forty yards down the field in coverage, he was there. And he just guesses right and knows how to play. That's what a good player does. Dak guesses right uh, when it's time to run. He he knows All right, I I got to tuck it down and run. When when it's time to just throw it, I mean, there's occasion when you're like, oh, I should have run it there. But for the most part. What he's choosing is the right choice. And then that that means what I've always said, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he's doing a great job of preparing, seeing it, and he's when he gets to the game, it, it shows up. I mean, he – but that's the only way to really say it is that he is balling out right now. He's doing everything right, and he's, he's helping this team. I mean, three straight wins. He's missed a handful of throws 
Uh, I mean, just as a general statement, probably, probably, I don't know, two or three per game if I had to guess. But I mean, if you go back and watch every game this year, how many bad decisions has he made? I mean, he's he's been lucky that with a couple of non interceptions, but he yeah. got unlucky with some. I was going to say, I would too. say three of his four picks are probably more a result of the receiver sure. than him. Like, I mean, I don't. The only one I can think of that was just a bad one was was Denver. Right? The second one in Denver. The second one in Denver. First the one, one, the, one the, the, the one that ended Ball. the game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, he's been phenomenal. And I'm really not trying to, to to poke Bryce here, but that throw he made to Bryce, unbelievable. That was a heck of a throw. Yeah. That's and that's my point. Like I said, he didn't complete them all, but like yeah. he fit that in between the safety and the corner. He had one. I think it was in Des. It was to Des in the back of the end zone at on one of those drives. Like he's not afraid to try to fit it between defenders. And I think that's something he gets criticized for or did last year, at least like, well, he only throws it to the guy that's not covered. Like that's not true. Like he's not going to complete them all, but he has a willingness and a confidence to, to hit that or to, to attempt that throw. And, and he hits them more often than I would say he doesn't. Yep. Yep. All right. Real quick, before we end the show, I did want to talk a little bit about a little running here this last weekend. Seems there was a one major, this one major feat uh, in in the history of running in the world by our own David Hellman, who uh, ran his very first half marathon. And the impressive part about it was not that he finished, because he could have finished a lot slower than he did. But Dave ran pretty good time. Dave, tell us about that experience. I mean, it's your first time running. Tell us about that experience of actually finishing 13 miles um, yeah. in a race. It's I never it's not really something that I ever set out to do, but back I remember I woke up in Philly week 17 last year feeling like slightly hungover and groggy and out of shape and I was like I should fix this. So I was just like I'm going to run a 10k and I did that and then you were like maybe you should try a half marathon and I was like okay, like running's not that bad. I guess I'll do that. And so I've spent a pretty good chunk of this year running. And I ran a half marathon, and I'm really sore right now. But it was mm-hmm. very, uh, it was gratifying. I did a lot better than I thought I would, to be totally honest. And uh, did great. Y'all's uh, y'all's encouragement and support it has felt very nice. So thank you. Yeah, what, did a really great. What job. I don't understand this at all. I always feel like running is you're really running against just one person. That's yep. yourself. Um, now you get into an Olympic style competition. Yeah, you're competing against people. But I, when I texted you Saturday, he said. Shannon Gross was also running. Yeah. And Shannon is just... He's the worst. He's just the... He's <laughs> just, not the worst. I mean, he really didn't train that much for it. He just kind of gutted it out. Yeah. And, and and I talked to Dave, and Dave was like, well, yeah, Shannon was there, and he smoked me. And I'm thinking, how do you get smoked in a half marathon? I mean, you finished. You finished the damn thing. Like, you you won, as far as I'm concerned. But, but I mean, uh, like, you know... But it's, it's interesting that your competitive juices were out like that, because I would have been like, I finished that day. I don't care when Shannon got there. You know, or anybody. I, you, know, you know, it. I trained a lot more diligently than Shannon, <laughs> and I went to bed at like nine thirty on Friday with like I had my I had my running tape on, like you know I had like the sounds of the ocean. Just I was trying to maximize. <laughs> like I'm just in. I'm in it to win it. You yeah. know, like Shannon when Shannon was out drinking till two. He barely trained for this thing, and he finished like fifteen minutes before me. I and think I think kind of pisses me. I think he knew there was a race, and so I I don't think he went to last call. 
I really don't. I think he stopped about one thirty. Exactly. Said, you know what? I got to get in for a ring. I can't go one more. Some yeah. people, some people are just blessed that way, but I'm not one of them. So I was, I was very happy with it. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but thank you all. I would just I'm, say this: I'm glad you liked it enough to do it again. So we'll, yeah, we'll no, do it again. I'm we'll tee it up and do I'm it again. Down to do that one in February. Yeah. If, if you don't get hurt and back out this time. Yeah, let's I know that's do my, it. Bad. Yeah. my bad. Yeah, yeah. Make you all, in, hey. yeah. Amber. Oh, Amber? no way. Amber? No way. I applaud Dave's commitment to no this because it takes a lot. That is something I would not do yeah. at all. That, that, that That's the best part about it. It's just in, in, in anything. Just saying, this is what I'm going to do, and I did it. And stick yep. to it. And that's the thing. Dave and I talked about this. Like That's the great part about long-distance running and training for a race. It's not so much the race day as much as it is the weeks and weeks and weeks that you spend when you don't want to get up and run, when you get up and run anyway, and you finish and you feel great about it, and that's just one day out of the many days when you have to do that. And then you get to race day and you feel like, man, whatever I do today, I've already accomplished something because I was actually I was actually diligent enough to stick with the training throughout the whole process. Who was the MVP in, 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 your, uh, in your ears as far as music goes? Oh, I'm very particular with my playlist. Um but there was probably a song. There was a, probably a moment when you're like, "Oh yeah, Got this little little Uzi for sure." Yeah, and <laughs> none of y'all know who that is. But no. Yeah, four 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 plus two two two. Go listen to that and don't tell me you don't get hype. Like that's okay. the best running song ever. All right, Dang. y'all won't like it. <laughs> All right, I'm sure Dang. I won't. In about three and a half hours of just really hardcore rap, like just n- not a whole lot else. But we're was- so opposite. Like, oh yeah, well, you listen to gospel music. I know, like, uh, no, I need inspiration. No, you need, I like, want to hear about. I want to. Like, I want to hear about the trap house and slinging <laughs> rocks. Yeah, so that's opposite. what I want to hear about. So opposite. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. We'll be talking more Cowboys football. We'll give you guys a big picture look around the NFL. What's happening in the NFC East, which has all of a sudden gotten pretty hot, bar the Giants. And uh, we'll do that tomorrow. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagle. And this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio.